just a sense of let's make sure we're where Jesus is. Let's not just, we're not, I said at the beginning, we're not a church that follows a plan and a liturgy. We follow the Spirit and we follow Jesus. And so there was a moment there where I was like, is this it, God? Is this all for this morning? Do we just keep on singing? Um, and Christine, do you want to come and share that story from last night? So we had the opportunity to go and celebrate the Faith Friends birthday this weekend. Um, it's, a, it's nearly a weekend away. Um, but we also knew the, the birthday was l um, last night, but we want to be at the gathering. That's our hearts. And so we, we went to the gathering, but afterwards we had the opportunity to actually go back to Wellington. Um, yeah, and then sleep there, pack up this morning, and we'll be there for the service. And just Eddie and I, just in, even driving there, it was like, do we come back here or not? And just feeling, and it's like, no, we... We're not going to come back. We're going to come home and sleep at home. And anyway, this morning we woke up to the group, and on the group we just see home safe, home safe. Says, are you okay? Are you okay? So what has happened is a massive fire broke out in Bain's Kirk and actually just started ravaging the area. And they literally fled to escape. And they were just checking in if everyone's actually gotten home before 12. And just, I think for us, there was just such a sense of, sure, we heard God not to not to go back. We heard God to come home and we were safe on our beds and sleeping and seven o'clock in the morning we were waking up to come to church um, and just feeling we could have actually be driving back into the fire and the, the sense we got was, sure, I think my, uh, my prayer was, God, that we would so hear your voice so much more. We won't dismiss it and I'll tell you why I say that. We won't dismiss it so that if the line is here, the fire line is here, we are not searching so close that we need to escape it by a fire but we are home so safe that we are not even in the trauma we are not even and we don't have to escape by a fire because we hear and we heed your voice and the reason also says earlier the afternoon i'd looked at the protea bushes and i was like god that this looks like it hasn't been burnt in a while so when would you actually send your fire to burn this down so it can grow more not even there at that moment listening to what i think god was already trying to say but thank god you know eddie was with me all the time um <laughs> and i think what Ian was touching on this morning was not even just to those, but it's like actually just more faithfully and more being open to God's word that you're not feeling so close, but always being so far into Jesus that you're not. Very good. He saves us from the literal fire and from the eternal fire. You know, that's the God we serve. It's amazing. But so I'm going to share now. I don't have my laptop. I don't have a thing because I, I kind of am working off notes all over the place but um be merciful with jess as we go but if you want a title for this i just came up with it now and i'm stealing it from my good friend uncle dion and uh so the title of this message if you need a title is next is more and uh and uh, it's something he shared with us a while ago and it's something i think that's perpetually true in the kingdom we never get to a place in the kingdom where we can say that was the best it's ever gonna be and now it's all downhill. And it's weird because as Christians, we always talk about the glory days. Remember when we were a small church and we did this? And I'm like, yeah, but next is more. So how does that work? But I just have this, so I'm going to try and share what I'm feeling. It's, I'm jumping all over my notes because it's in a different order to, to how I wrote it. But I've been reading through 1 Peter. And in the space of a week and a half, I've got most way through one of the, the chapters, through chapter one of 1 Peter. And it's just that I read these words and they just, I feel like there's so much to them. And so if you read 1 Peter, it talks, if you read it quickly, you won't notice it. But if you read it slowly, 
Um, and we won't get into that quite yet. Um, but but before, we, before verse 13, if you read 1 Peter, it's talking about the Father. And I haven't got it in my notes now, so I'm going to try and remember it. But it's talking about the Father, and it's talking about you, and it's talking about Jesus. And it suddenly struck me this week of the sense of, we serve God the Father who loved us enough to make us. He then loved us enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for us. He then loved us enough to give us family and connection with him. He then loved us to give us an inheritance. Then he loved us to not give us our inheritance, but to keep our inheritance safe in heaven. So that when we get there, it won't be messed up. Because you know what? If, if you've ever received an inheritance in this life, it's money or it's a house or it's a, it's a car or something. The money gets used up. The house or the car gets corrupted over time and, and it loses its value. And yet the inheritance we have in Jesus is perfect and it only grows. And the sense that God says in Scripture, I'm not going to give you inheritance now because that would limit its value. I'm going to give you your inher inheritance when you get to me on the other side and you can have the fullness of it. And so those are all the things that the Father does. And then he says, not only have I given you salvation, but I will, I will keep you in your salvation. You know, I will love you and I will guard you. If you come to me, I will protect you from your enemies. And so all of those things he says in the space of, of 12 verses, and then he gets to verse 13. And so we can put that up and read that together. And this is the Apostle Peter, if you don't know the backdrop to this for the visitors. This is the Apostle Peter, one of the 12 apostles and 12 disciples that walked for three years with Jesus, that was witness to John laying on Jesus' chest, knowing him intimately. And after saying all these things about how much the Father loves us, Peter goes on to say this. Therefore, and I was saying this in the prayer meeting, whenever you see therefore in the Bible, go back. Because if you don't know what he's talking about, you've missed it. But he says, because of all the things that the Father has done for us and how much love he's poured out for us, therefore, preparing your hearts for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. And if we could just pause there for a moment. He's talking about future. He's talking about the next revelation. So you all know Jesus to a degree already. You all have a relationship with him. But he's saying, set your hope on what's to come, on the new grace that is coming. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for action. Prepare your minds for what is to come, not what you've already walked in. Right, we can go on. As obedient children, and this is what Christine was talking about, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, so you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And so God is saying, I have given you so much, and I've given you this amazing inheritance, and I've given you everything that you need for life and godliness. Again, that's in Scripture somewhere. And then he says here, but in order to take it on, in order to embrace all that God has for you, there's something you can do for him. 
You can walk in obedience. You can walk closely with him in the things that he has. Because you can walk with him. And somebody was asking me the other day, is there a difference between perfect will and the will of God? And there is. There's varying degrees of the love of God. There's varying degrees of the glory of God. There's varying degrees of the inheritance of God that we can get. The closer you walk with him, the further you walk from the flame. The closer you walk with him, the more he can give you to use. It's the parable of the talents. He gives everybody talents. But those that are obedient with it, he gives more. And so next is literally and figuratively and metaphorically and spiritually and economically maybe more. In all things, God is more. And if you call on him as father, and that's what we were doing earlier, if you, as you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear. And this is an interesting thought. So this is something Jethro brought at the end. So this is literally being stitched together by the eldership team all sharing stuff at the front here. But, but then, then Jethro said, we just need to balance out this love that we're feeling this morning. The fullness of love and the joy of the Lord is with us, yes. But, but God's love is not one-dimensional. It's got many facets to it. And so we'll know if we've walked with God for any measure of time, we will know that there is the love of God and then there's the discipline of God. In Hebrews, it says, God disciplines those that he loves. He dis- if you're not being disciplined by God in the, thing, in the places where you're getting it wrong, he doesn't discipline you for your good stuff. But if you're getting it slightly wrong, and we, none of us are perfect, but where we do miss the mark, God comes in lovingly and says, come, my son, come, my, come my daughter. Let me, let me help you do it a bit better. And so there is, a, there is a fear that comes, but it's a holy fear. It's not a fear of like, I can't be with God. I can't go to church because I'm too scared to go to church. No, no, no. That is not a godly fear. A godly fear is when you pour yourself out before him and you say, I'm not worthy. And yet you pour out your blood and I am made worthy. And because you've done that, I just want to do as much as I can to love you and obey you and be in your will. And that is the perfect will of God. It's when every morning we wake up and say, God, we're not worthy, but I will do everything I can, not to earn anything, but to glorify you, to pour out my love for you. And so he says there, uh, oh, can we jump back? Sorry. He says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. And the center here, he's talking about the Jews who had to leave Jerusalem because of the persecution. But, but for us, there's an, an, an application to that as well. We living in a sense in a season where we are not physically with God. And yet there is a time to come. There is next is more in the sense of we are living for eternity. We're not living for the best week ahead. And we always say at the end of church, thanks for coming, guys. Have a great week. I mean, it could be, thanks for coming, guys. Have a great eternity. Because that's what we're actually living for. We're not living for how good can my Monday be. We're living for how awesome is it going to be one day in God's presence. And so while we walk throughout till the very end, let us do it well in the Lord and live in fear and obedience. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. So this is a, a throwback to last night with Ozzy talking about his rock and roll past and his long hair and his leather jacket. 
but we've been ransomed, we've been, we've been paid for, we've been set free of the silly things that we thought was cool. The futile things, inherited from our forefathers, not with per- we've been ransomed not with perishable things such as silver and gold, like I was saying, the things of this world are short-lived, but with the precious blood of Jesus, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So Jesus is perfect. And in his perfection, we get to be more like him. Not because we're amazing, we're not. But he allows us into his, his presence, covers us with his blood, and brings us into a place where we can be more like him. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world. This is Jesus we've spoken about. He existed before the world. Some people say he didn't, but he, was e- he is eternal. He never started, he'll never end. We started, we'll never end. He never started, he always is. But he was made manifold. He came into physical form in the last time for, y- for our sake, for your sake. Who through him are believers. We are through him believers, through Jesus, through his blood, believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And I think it ends there. Is that it? And so to, to wrap it up, it starts off before verse 13. I don't know how I got floated over there. You come back. Where he starts off talking about all these amazing things that the Father has done for you. And then he gives us the opportunity, like we did in worship. He speaks, then we respond. He speaks, and then we respond. And Peter's saying, do you understand what God has done for you? And if you fully understand what God has done for you, won't you walk in what he has for you? Because there's so much more for you. If you're walking it. And as you're obedient, as you walk in the things that he has for you in this life, there's so much more for you in the next life. And I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. And so with that as the opening, and I don't want to ignore the season we're in as a congregation. We are obviously in a season of change and flux. And it's something that, um, that was brought to me after the prayer meeting, a word about a wound, a cut, that on the surface looks healthy, but if you squeeze on the wound, there's, there's, there's muck, there's dead flesh underneath. And it's something that I felt on Thursday, and I shared with, with us on thir- Thursday, in terms of if you've got past hurts, God is busy working on that past hurt. But, but God's way of working on that past hurt, if you've ever heard Andrew's story about the spider bite, if you haven't, I won't steal his thunder. You've got to hear it, though. It's brilliant. But there's a thing of like, you need to get all of it out. You need to get the poison out. You need to get the muck out. You can't leave it and just, you know, stitch it up and hope for the best because then you'll lose everything. And we're in the season where God is saying, and he's speaking it over and over through different voices, He's saying there's stuff under the surface. And for each of us, for us to run in what Peter was talking about, for us to be obedient, for us to walk in the fullness of what God has for us, we must deal with the things, the pain in our hearts, the things in the past. And I was talking to somebody on, on, on Friday evening or, or WhatsApping with somebody on Friday evening. And what's interesting for me is that the things that God is bringing to the surface right now, some of it isn't even related to this. It's completely obscure, but suddenly God is, 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 
It's showing us things in our hearts that need to be resolved. And there's that sense of God saying, I want to purify you. I want to make you more whole. And as I make you whole, you'll walk in more of what I have for you. And we don't want to miss that. Um, and it's something that Kate shared with me earlier. I shared with it about it on Thursday from a corporate sense. But there's very much a sense that right now, God is even working in personal family things. So if you come from a family where there's something not working, there's something dysfunctional, and God is wanting to heal that, again, this is a supernatural season we're walking in. I walked out of the venue on Thursday evening, and there was just a sense of, as we walked out of the venue, it felt like we were going out into the world to shine His light. And, and that's what we should do every time. But there was this renewed sense that this is different. What we're doing right now is new. And as we do this, if we do this well, as we lay our, our lives down well, God is going to use us more than He's ever used us before. As a congregation, but then, but then we're going to infect the churches around us and the congregations around us. And then we're going to infect the unsaved around us. And people are going to see a different Jesus. And so whatever loss God is putting on your heart right now, don't say, oh, but that's not, that's not linked to what God is doing. I'm going to suppress that. I'm going to bury that. I'm going to do that small foot thing where you shove it deep down and try not to think about it. No, if God is bringing to something to the surface right now, please take a moment, find a friend. I spoke in the, in, the, in the, I think it was in the prayer meeting, don't go into solitary confinement. Don't try to work it out on your own. Bring it to friends, bring it to family. got a serious drinking disorder this moment. <laughs> Every time I drink, I'm pouring it on myself. Okay. Which is ironic, because my next point is saying, being poured out like a drink offering. But anyway, <laughs> it's literally in my notes. So that was, a, that was a figurative. But I wanted to share with you guys, with that in mind, um, some of you might be feeling like this is all happening very fast. If you were with us at the gathering last night, Kate and I and Eddie and Christine, we were all sitting in a, in a row together, and, and Andrew starts sharing, and he just rips off the band-aid. He's like, people aren't even in their seats yet. He's like, guys, we've got some announcements to make, so just want you to know, Ian and Kate have been running hard. They're up. Uh, Luke and Elaine, they're amazing. They're in. <laughs> and, and we were like, what, 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 what just happened? What just happened? And, um, and I've shared with you guys, and if you haven't heard my heart on this whole thing, please come and chat to me, because there's more to it. I don't want to take that time now, but, but there's so much more to it than that. There's so much depth to it at the moment. But what I wanted to share out of that element is there's a reason God is moving so fast. There's a reason God is moving so fast. And, and, and He's not a, a God of the past. You know, We often say, we're not going to live off last week's testimonies. We want fresh testimonies. We want fresh life. Because we serve a God who's in the moment, living for the moment, living forward into the future. And so um, I was on my, I, I, I went to Malmesbury on, um, on Friday morning. And yes, you do need a reason to go to Malmesbury. So I was on my way to Malmesbury and I, I was going to Home Affairs there, best Home Affairs ever, just so you know. But you're not allowed to go there because if you all go there, then it won't be cool for me anymore. The queues will get long. So, but it's a great, it's a great, so anyway, I'm driving there. It's me and him. 45 minutes in the car on the way there, 45 minutes on the way home. And I was like, hey, God, what do you want to talk about? Let's, let's have a chat. And uh, so the first 20 minutes of the drive, the whole time I was like, I don't know what you're doing, God, but I want to get out the car and I want to throw up. I was just nauseous the whole 
time driving there. And, and then I, was, I had a tummy bug yesterday. So maybe it was precursor to that. I don't know. But, but the whole time I felt this, this nausea of, of just not feeling well and feeling weak and feeling feeble. And then God started speaking to me. And I shared this analogy with Kate and with Luke. And the analogy fell flat because I didn't explain it. So I'm going to explain it now. And, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a comic book and a, su- a superhero nerd. So I'm just going to out myself right now, <laughs> if you didn't know that already. Um, but back in the day, there was this movie. And I think it was Superman 3 uh, or, or 2. I think it was Superman 3. But in Superman 3, and I'm talking about like the 90s, early 90s, late 80s or something. So I was young, so please forgive me. But anyways, what th- there's this movie, and it came to mind while I was driving in the car. And there's this scene in the movie where, where Superman, isn't something goes wrong. I can't remember the details of it. But something happens, and Superman separates from Clark Kent. So if you know Superman and Clark Kent, they're the same person. They're, they're b- but in this movie, I don't know, the director went a bit wacky. And there's a scene where you've got Clark Kent on the left, and you've got Superman on the right, Christopher Reeves. Both are Christopher Reeves, so it's a cutting-edge technology of like this, the same actor twice in a scene. And they, and they have a throwdown. They have a fight, a throwdown, in this like trash dump somewhere or something. And that's how I felt on Friday morning. I felt the sudden sense like I was Superman and now I'm Clark Kent. It's the best way that God could help me. In my reference, in my feeble understanding, that's the best way God could explain it to me. So that's the picture he gave me. And I was like, like, God, what does that mean? Because I feel really, I feel really tired. And I felt like God say to me, you know, for a year and a half, how people have asked you, how are you doing this? You know, for a year and a half, how people have looked at you and said, I don't get it. You know, for a year and a half, how you have graciously said, it's not me, it's the Lord. I was like, well, this is how it would have felt for a year and a half if I wasn't in it. And he, and he lifted his anointing off me. And I was just driving there and I was just like, it was just this amazing sense of how gracious is God. Um, because it was significant. It wasn't just like, yeah, it's a bit like that. I, I felt shattered. I felt poured out. Like Paul writes about being poured out like a drink. I felt completely beyond myself in that moment. And my response to that was I just, I could only worship. And uh, so my, my closet dreams of being a worship leader came out in the car. Just me, just me and Jesus see, belting it out. I, like, I was like, let me put on a song. And God was like, if you put on a song, I'm leaving you. You sing to me. Don't, don't rely on somebody else. You sing to me. And there I was. Hopefully nobody saw me. It was the middle of nowhere, so... But this beautiful sense of God is moving. God is moving. And if we don't move with him, if we don't stay in step with him, we've said this before, if the cloud moved, Israel went with it. He didn't sit back and go, okay, I can see it from a distance. I'm just going to hang out for another week and then I'll join when I feel like it. God has moved. So this transition that we're talking about, God has moved. 
And yes, as, as humans, we're going to take time to work through it and get there. And, and Luke is going to go and leave and then come back. It's not like he, he's going to suddenly appear and take the mic. And There's going to be a transition time. But I want to say to us, there was, a, there was a delay between the cloud moving and Israel moving. And it was just long enough to pack up the tent. And so on Thursday, I said, guys, you need to mourn. And in a sense, now I feel like God is saying three days later, you've got time to pack up the tent because we're moving. Because how awkward would it be if God speaks and then doesn't act? Terrible. You've got that prophetic word where you're like, the Lord says you're going to move to America and win the lotto. And you're like, I'm waiting, Lord. (laughs) And yet God has spoken. He's doing something. And he's saying to us as a congregation, pack up the tent, follow me, walk closely with me, don't get caught in the fire, don't get left behind. Now is not the time to be left behind. Not because I'm being difficult, but because what I have for you is so much better. You've got to remember, from God's perspective, every time the cloud moved, it was one step closer to the promised land. That's what we get. Every time he moves, one step closer to walking in what he has. So... So before you guys start questioning my superhero analogies, just to put it into biblical, a biblical sense, there's the good and the bad. And there's that, that picture of Elijah and Elisha, where Elisha followed and kept on saying, I want a portion of his anointing, I want a portion of his anointing, I want a portion of his anointing. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, Elijah went up on a, on a flaming chariot. Sometimes it's good to not avoid the flames, but anyway. Um, so he, w- he goes up in this chariot of flames, and immediately Elisha takes his cloak, hits the water, and it separates. It's not like, okay, now I'm going to spend 20 years growing into what he walked in. Immediately, the anointing transfers. Because the anointing, it's, it's something. It's not, it's not theoretical. It is a, f- it is a thing that, that pours out of Jesus. And so if it's not on me, it must be on somebody else. And so the transition is immediate. And then the other one is, is, is David and Saul. And the interesting thing about David and Saul, God told me this, uh, this morning, which is interesting, is that Saul had a mantle, and then David came and faced Goliath. And Saul tried to put his mantle onto David. What you've got to remember back then is that only two people had swords in Israel. Saul and his son Jonathan. They were unique. They're the only ones with swords. Um, and then when David comes up and says, I'll, f- I'll pick the fight that you're supposed to pick. I'll fight the fight that you're supposed to fight with Goliath. You're our champion, but I'll go. And Saul says, okay, cool. Well, here's my mantle. Here's my, here's my armor. Here's my sword. Here's everything that represents my authority and kingship. Y- put it on. And David puts it on. He says, this sucks. Get it off me. Because he'd already received the mantle that God had for him. He didn't need to receive the mantle that another man. So this is not me giving something to Luke. This isn't Andrew giving something to Luke. This is Jesus. And Jesus has got a mantle for Luke that's new. And it's amazing. And it's special. And so for us to not follow would be to miss what God is doing. And to miss the mantle that he has. And so there's two scriptures I want to read quickly. And so we can put up John 17. Oh, wait. Can we jump to verse 23? 
I'm not going to read the whole passage. You can go and read it. I love James 17. Okay, cool. But I just wanted to jump. This is Jesus in front of his disciples talking to the Father on their behalf. How amazing is that? Just getting that preview of how Jesus, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father even now, and he's, he's interceding for you and for I. But this is what he says. And at one point he says, is that 23? I can, I can read it here. I think I've got it here. Um, Jesus says to the Father, he says to them, let them be, oh, sorry, he says, I am in them, meaning us, and they are in me, but may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And I, that's a sense I had for us that even as we were singing this morning about the love of God and, and, and my mother-in-law comes up and shares that word of the love of God and it's this beautiful thing of God saying, let me explain to you my love. Uh, but here John writes this thing where he says, the world will know that you love them. And the way that the world knows that God loves us is not by the kind of car we drive. It's not by the career that we have. It's by the unity that we have. It's about the love that we have one for another. And so we are, as we go into this season, embrace that love and then be a, pour yourself out into each other. And then the last thing I wanted to share is out of Matthew 28. And this is just to keep our eyes fixed again. And this is Matthew's parting, uh, well, Jesus' parting gift to the disciples in Matthew. And in Matthew 28, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Now, that is a cliche scripture if there ever was one along with John 3.16. So I read that out and some of you might gloss over it. But there's so much in that that is speaking to what God has been saying this morning. This is a God of all authority. This is a God who has everything planned into his will. And then he says to us, go and do and then the part that we often skip over, it says there, teach them to observe. Teach them to obey. Andrew actually shared the scripture last night, I think. He said, teach them to be disciples. Make them disciples. Make them obedient to the things I have commanded you. And we can limit that. We can say, oh, he's talking about for three years he set up scripture. But it's a continuous relationship like we were doing this morning. And so God is saying to us today, the same way he said to them back then, he is saying to us today, will you be obedient? Will you still continue to fulfill my mission? The mission doesn't change. All the details may change, but the mission never changes. And the mission is that we as the church are the manifold wisdom of God. We as the church are the thing that he wants to use to display his glory to the world. And in doing that, by showing our unity, we then go out and make disciples we bring in the unnamed citizens. What do you call them? The random citizens into family. Those in solitary confinement into family. And so that is the challenge that God has for us this morning. 
because next there will be more. There'll be more people, there'll be more stories, there'll be more glory, maybe more of Jesus. But those of us that went. Amen? Amen. So I'm not going to throw it out to anybody who wants it because I'm going to throw it out to everybody. I was taking notes from Andrew last night. The way he phrases his altar call, everybody must stand up. So I'm not, I'm not even going to phrase it. I'm going to be like, so I just want to ask if we can all just stand together. We can close our eyes and open our hands just to receive from God. And again, I want to say thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your time spent with us. Thank you for your anointing. And I want to pray in, in your presence right now for each one of us, God. I want to pray for each one of us, God, that you will come and anoint us. Come and anoint us for the mission. Come and anoint us for your glory, God. Come and anoint us. Come and cover us afresh with your blood. Come and cover us afresh with your spirit. So that as we walk out of here this morning, we walk out in unity as one. As you are one, Father, with, your, with, with the Son and with the Spirit. Let us be one with each other. And then be one in you, abiding in you, like Jesus said. Let us abide in you right now, God. So come and pour out your anointing so that we can go out on your mission to make disciples. I want to pray that as we stand in unity, that the ground will shake. I want to pray that as we, as, we, as we stand in unity, that the rocks will cry out with us for your glory, God. And as that happens, that the people of this area will see you, will hear you, will come to worship you. I want to pray for those that have scales over their eyes in this area, that those scales will fall off. I want to pray for those that have covered their ears the way um, that the Pharisees did with Stephen, that you will unblock their ears, God, where for years and years of believing the wrong thing, they fill their ears with lies of the enemy and they can't hear your voice anymore. I want to pray that you'll unstop their ears, you'll clear their eyes, that they will see, that they will hear, that they will understand and they will glorify you, God. That your church in this area will rise up for your glory, God. For your kingdom. Lord, we will be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So guys, I want to say again, if there's processing to be done, come and process. Find a friend, come and speak to me. Otherwise, there is coffee at the back, I think. Yeah, for now. Um, so don't rush off. Hang out. Spend some time together.